0: opening, throw off your chains and blinders, arm yourselves with the truth, and take a walk along the razor-sharp precipice of the Outer Edge.
1: of the Splendiferous and Wondrous Outer Edge Radio program. Throw the log on your late night fire because you're going to want to keep the ghoulies and ghosties and long legged beasties at bay because we're going to really talk about some creepy stuff tonight. And I am William Michael Mutt, here with my co host Tim Schwartz and uh we're just Hello. Yes. <laughs> Do you have your is your council fire burning, Tim? Are you ready
2: uh, well yeah I'm, I'm just thinking about your statement of long legged bullies yeah. you know, they, <laughs> there's no long legged bullies running around uh, uh, in running neighborhood tonight it's too
1: cold little Scottish there's there's a, there's. Scottish, Scottish, uh, charm or prayer, uh, about keeping the little bit of a little bit of a little bit and ghosties and long-legged beasties at bay. During the night, so yeah, it's an old uh, old charm that they used to say. So <laughs> we're gonna talk to guys tonight. That's gonna kind of uh, uh, talk about things along those lines. So it should be pretty interesting. So, man, how have you been?
2: Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we've been having a uh, just a, just a totally bizarre mixture of weather. Or in Southern Indiana, over the last couple of days, I mean, we had a a, a pretty good snowstorm. Well, you know, uh, good for Southern Indiana. I mean, we ended right. up about uh, about six inches of snow, which I mean, you know, people living in Boston right now would just be laughing their butts off. You know, six inches of snow, <laughs> but I mean, they shut the school down. Schools down here for five days or four days, four days. You know, for we've that. Been, we've
1: been so. mostly having thirty mile per hour winds, just real windy, gusty, weird weather, and so.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, see, and then last night, even though it uh, the temperatures had been um, still a little bit below freezing, uh, we ended up getting uh, like uh, uh, rain. I think it was like a, a slightly freezing rain. But then when the rain came, uh, the temperatures went up a little bit. But now they're predicting that, well, then tonight, now the temperatures are going to plunge back down into the 20s and, you know, with like a, you know, a high of about 10 degrees for the next couple of days. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, I know. yeah I know. we're it's supposed it. to get that
1: too, I think. I think that blast is coming this way behind this, this wind that's been... Uh, Knocking trees around for
2: mm-hmm. for two days so mm-hmm. should yeah.
1: be interesting <laughs> so uh what's been going on with you in terms of uh the strange the weird the unusual anything new
2: mm, well um i uh, i had my uh my my day in the sun is or day under the moon with uh, coast to coast uh, earlier this week that's uh, right yeah i yeah, think that, uh, I, it, it went really well i mean i had uh, um uh, my my time slot was like from two to five o'clock, so I mean, you know, I had the full three hours, and uh, so you know, and, and for me, I mean, that's kind of like yeah. a, in the that's middle of the story. night. So, oh yeah. my gosh, yeah, and uh, uh, so I mean, I was happy with it. Uh, got a lot of good uh, good responses with it. Uh, so I mean, well, that's good uh, cool. Yeah, so I was very very happy very happy with it. It's radio
1: season. I, a week ago, I was on with. The- James Swagger on uh, Capricorn Radio, and mm-hmm. yesterday I pre-recorded a show with Greg Carlwood from the Higher Side Chats, and uh, so the, both of those were a lot of fun to do, so pretty soon, I, well, uh, the Capricorn Radio show is already on online, but uh, pretty soon the, the, the
2: Higher Side Chat podcast should be available, but yeah, I mean, I'll be it's looking forward that to that time one. of year, apparently. <laughs> well um I'm a little I'm a little curious and uh now you know you you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to but I was uh kind of uh, uh following a little bit of dialogue between uh, uh yourself and some uh, um Uh, How how would you put it? Scientific types maybe is Uh, is that that a good way to put it? Scientific wannabes,
1: you mean? (laughs) Yeah, it was interesting. There's you know there's so many so many of these groups out there. Anybody can start a group on Facebook. Okay, anybody. I mean, you can go out there and start one about anything, call it anything. Claim to be anything, you know. You see it all the time. And there's a group out there. There's about five or six of these groups. They're called Forbidden Archaeology, which, of course, is the the title of Michael Cremo's excellent book.
2: Okay. Yes. And, very excellent. Yes.
1: Yes. And it, there's a lot of these groups out there, and they, and they some of them are really into the the actual um, the topic as is Cremo. Examines it, you know, out of place artifacts and and anomalous finds and all this kind of stuff and ancient ancient civilizations that shouldn't exist but they did, you know, in the evidence for these things. Mm-hmm. And then there's there are other groups out there that apparently are pretending to be. Uh, about forbidden archaeology, and all they really are are a bunch of guys who think they're archaeologists who want to, you know, get people to come there and post about the real
2: anomalies and they want to try to tear it apart. Uh, so, oh, now see, I didn't realize that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and I, there's this I, one, I, yeah, one group has got like several thousand members,
2: huh. and
1: I was lurking there, but really I never really went there and looked. I mean, I, I have, I'm in so many groups, so it never even really showed up in my newsfeed or anything, and uh, I had a friend who went over there. And started asking them questions, you know, what, if they'd heard anything about, you know, the very well-documented case of the green children of Woolpit or Wolfpit, mm-hmm. England, which, you know, was do- well-documented by three English historians. Right. All, all men of good reputation, okay, at the time. And he posted this thing and just asked about it, and then there was some interest. And somebody else posted a photo who lived near there. And then, boom, the thread was gone. He was kicked out of the group, and he was blocked, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I went on there, and I just said, hey, look, you know, I I write and research about anomalous topics and and things of this nature, and, you know, and I I said, I kind of recounted what happened. I said, now, you know, it looks like that there really are some forbidden topics in this so-called forbidden archaeology group, and I would like to know what is the rationale behind this. So this uh sort of opened up the floodgate for the pomposity to emerge the uh, the the arrogance and the sheer stupidity we're a real
0: archaeologists we don't want to talk about that stuff that's not that's not scientific there's no documentation for that
2: I said yeah actually there is you know and a I, lot of documentation know, a
0: lot of documentation I gave him all the documentation well that's not really documentation that's just folklore I said well I said if, if that's folklore I said you know Julius Caesar's accounts of his
1: conquest of Gaul and Britain must be folklore
0: well actually archaeology doesn't really um, have anything to do with uh, written accounts by people who have an agenda
1: uh, historical records don't count and I said you know what i said i said actually historical records are the basis for most archaeology that's how you know where to dig and what to look for and and so forth then this jackass says
0: well my master's degree in archaeology says otherwise and you know
1: yeah that
2: sounds
1: like like folklore to me you know (laughs) so this went on and on and this jackass kept going and and uh and so you know, these, these children were said to have like a, a green pallor to their skin, and he was scoffing at that. And somebody said, well, you know, there's actually a condition that causes that. It's a, it's a type of malnutrition, and it will cause that. It's a diet, diet-based condition. And he says,
0: citations, please.
1: And so then I went on there and gave <laughs> the scientific name of the condition, you know, and it used to be called chlor, uh, chlorella or so, chlorosis. Chlorosis, that's what it was called okay. back in the old days. And there's a new name for it now. And I gave him the links to it and everything, and said, "I said here it is, you know." And I said, "I said, now, I said now look this up, you know." And and I and I, I said he was a pompous ass and this kind of thing. And <laughs> it went on and on, you know. And basically everything these his buddy who was, a, was an admin got on. He told me, "You'll be gone from here soon enough." Yeah. You know, like I give a shit. So, you know, this went on and on, and then you know, basically these guys made themselves like total idiots because everything they said was just stupidity, and so. You know, this is the guy who's saying that historical records are not citations. But then he he demands citations for something that's a simple, simple scientific fact. You know, um, just a typical jackass. And I, I basically... The, the guy says, you're done here, da-da-da. You know, my, my point was, well, well, bye. <laughs> you know, I, said, I said, your attitude is not scientific. I said, you basically have proven that the only forbidden archaeology here is that which you forbid. You know, you, that, There you go, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, you're you gonna run into these these idiots, that they're out there, and it's people like this that, that cause science to be held back. I mean, um, you know, when, when the- when the discoverer of the city of Troy was looking for it, he was an amateur archaeologist, Schleiman, I believe it was Schliemann. maybe what's was his name? He was looking for this uh, city based only on clues found in the Iliad and the Odyssey,
2: mm-hmm. which yeah. were
1: 4,000 4, years ago, right?
2: Right, 4,000 yeah.
1: years ago, and, you know, by a blind guy. So, you know, he was basing his search for a, a, a fabulous city of your Based solely
2: on poems written by a blind guy in ancient Greece.
1: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and and I should yeah, I was, I was getting ready to say he was scoffed at too for attempting that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, and
2: guess what? He found it. Mm-hmm.
1: He found Troy. But see, if he had listened to the idiots and the imbeciles who who uh, who hold sway over the whole realm of archaeology, <laughs> these types of Pinheads. If he had listened to them, Troy would never have been found. Mm-mm. And you know, this is the, these, these guys are no different. You know, it's all about ego, and and I'm a big shot, and I'm an expert, and you know, and don't step on my toes, or uh, you know, uh, look how smart I am.
0: Look how look how you're just a you're just a, a
1: silly layman who knows nothing. You know that kind of thing. And their their attitude is very uh, non conducive to progress. To science to knowledge and to the accumulation and interpretation of factual data and you see this all the time in uh in all the, all the sciences because there are people in place who really closely guard their territorial interests mm-hmm. and, uh, so yeah it was it was pretty amusing i got a great kick out of it i actually copied the whole conversation just for fun Mm -hmm. yeah
2: i saw saw that Uh, (laughs) well i mean it's just to me it's it's just a little frustrating when you have people like that i mean they they don't even welcome you know a serious discourse you know on this no and and you know well you'll be out of here you know soon why just because you were uh, uh uh you were trying to have a a conversation about this subject, uh, but, you know, because you did not totally agree with what they were saying, and instead of saying, oh, well, you know, here's some, uh, here's some difference of opinion, yeah, well, don't try to sway us with your facts, boyo. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was actually
1: enjoying it. I guess you could tell that, right? Oh, no, yeah. <laughs> was lot, but, you know, it was really, really funny, and so. It-
2: well, it's, I, 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 I know it, it, you know it, it. You find you find it amusing, but to me, it just you know it really disappoints me. See, I enjoy, I enjoy goading these <laughs> jackasses
1: because they go out of their way to try to run herd over everybody, yeah. and you really get them on every point and just make them look totally stupid and ignorant. You know, that's just like that's like like poking needles in the sores of a beggar or something it's just you know it's got to be extremely there's nothing they can do about it it's great but of course they deleted it but then again save save your save your encounters with these types of of, of morons you know save them and uh um because now i'll always have a copy with their Mm -hmm. dates and everything it'll be a lot you know
2: a good thing to have so, but, but again though i mean you know why do, why delete it i mean that's to me that's just like that's that it, it's it's so juvenile
1: well yeah you may have noticed that there were people in the thread who were aggravated that it got deleted the first time oh yeah yeah and, yeah they were like what you know this was a ju- this was a genuine topic that should be here why why did you delete it yeah uh,
2: yeah so and what was the reason given for deleting it
1: because
0: there was no historical citation. There was no evidence. No physical evidence.
1: Bring me a body. Bring you a body from 800 years ago? Dumbass. You know? Well, I mean, we have, we have citations that are credible citations about this event in great detail. Okay? With mm-hmm. witnesses named. And these jackasses are going to get up. You know, it's just typical. It's typical. And, you know, it's the kind of thing you see uh, not just in anomalous studies, but But in in Fortean realms, but also in the scientific community across the board, you see this attitude.
2: Well, I mean, even if you had been able to present, say, like, uh, you know, one of these uh, children's bodies, you know, that had been preserved all these years, it still wouldn't convince them. No. Uh, no, no well,, I, and the reason I say that is it makes me think about, and we 've had this conversation with a uh, with a previous guest talking about the mummies found in Egypt that had evidence of uh, tobacco and cocaine uh, yeah. still in their tissues, and yet um, that is uh, uh, that is still. Ignored. basically ignored right you know yeah. i mean there there has been some something you know a few things written about it but the general consensus is is that it was a contamination from modern times which yeah. you know you know well okay the tobacco i can understand but you know the cocaine you know i mean you have a bunch of archaeologists you know like you know spilling their coke all over the place they are working <laughs> you know? yeah, deep, deep in the tissues
1: in the cells of the mummy you know right
2: right so so, oh, I mean, you know, once so, again, I mean, you could, there's there's your citation, there's your evidence, but yet it's still ignored because it does well, not fit. These the, guys
1: who claim to be archaeologists, they probably are guys that major in archaeology and then they don't even do archaeology at all, they're just blowhards. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, but then again, there are other guys who are in archaeology, like one I read into recently, who really hates ancient aliens. You know, and look, I don't agree with everything that's on ancient aliens, but I've been on there, and some things I do agree with. Mm-hmm. And, and this guy, though, he really took great offense at... at uh The 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 forbidden caves episode. Oh, really? Any other smart aleck stuff to say? And I went and looked him up, and his biggest thing is, I
0: discovered where there were the Mexican eh, Indians before Columbus were trading tobacco because I found a tobacco pouch. Like, who gives a damn?
1: You know, (laughs) what is that? Is that science? No, Mm -hmm. it's not. You -hmm. found somebody's trash. So what? You know, but you know, uh, you know, this, these are the kind of idiots that are out there, and they think they're they're running things. I guess to some extent they are, but uh, yeah, it's yeah. changing, it's That's changing. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so who's our uh, who's our guest tonight, uh, Mike? Well, tonight we have a really incredible guest. I've been wanting to have him on the show for a long time. His name is Barton Nunley. He is an expert on the mysteries of Kentucky, uh, non-human creatures, strange encounters, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, uh, non, you know, uh, anomalous beings that should not exist He's written some really cool books mysterious kentucky bigfoot in kentucky kentucky Tucky, and the inhumanoids really encounters with beings that can't exist two of which i've read i've read mysterious kentucky and the inhumanoids book and both are excellent two of the best 14
2: books around in my opinion so
1: barton nunley is going to be our guest and uh, i'm really looking forward to it
2: all right. Well, why don't we then? Uh, why don't we go to our break then? And uh, when we come back, we'll have Bart Nunley with us, and uh, we'll just uh, find out more about. Uh, and he's from he's from Kentucky, isn't he? Isn't that what Yes, you he, is. yes right. he is. All right, that's cool. Just uh, just a little bit solid of me. All right. So you are listening to the Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network, and if you want to, by the way, if you want to uh, find out more about our network, just go to PSN Radio. Dot .com so we will be right back so please stay tuned
0: Monday night at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 7 p.m. Eastern,
3: with your host, Bill, that's me and Nancy.
0: Hi, Karumba. Burns, and
3: we are broadcasting live right here on the PSN
0: Radio.
1: Breaking the walls down. This is radio. This is what people want.
0: To download the podcast, make sure you go to www.futuretheater.com. <laughs>
2: That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com.
0: Talk Stream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application, Mobile Talk Radio. Imagine having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. You'll be surprised how easy it is to use. So I think what's going on here is that Obama is banking on unemployment falling. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Talk Stream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store.
2: (laughs)
1: steel, and more. SupermanHopepage.com
2: Outer Edge, I'm Tim Schwartz, and we've got with us tonight our guest, Bart Nunley. Bart, how are you doing tonight? Good, Tim. How are you? Ah, oh, fantastic. It's really great to have you here with us. Just uh, really place, excited. I'm
3: honored to be here.
2: All right. Great, great. So uh, how's everything in uh, in
3: Kentucky right now? Uh, it's, it's really cold, Tim, really cold, <laughs> and uh, it's, uh, it's really a... Uh, it's really bad, actually, because uh, my water pipes froze last night. Oh, and no. Burst uh-huh. on me, and I spent most of the day uh, replacing uh, water pipes. I That's night, terrible. So it's not going really good. <laughs> yeah, I have some friends in West Virginia that have had the same
1: problem with their water pipes the last couple of days. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, terrible. Um, but now you can go out and track Bigfoot in the snow.
3: Yeah, and... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy to track him in the snow if he leaves footprints, which in most it, cases he, he doesn't do. He me. doesn't do, exactly. I've only, uh, I've only come across footprints like once or twice in uh, in, thir- in 30 years of looking at, at this mystery. Right. I've only seen very few footprints.
1: Right. They, you know, they I, are I, rare. Yeah, they are. And I was going to say that, that I have read Mysterious Kentucky and The Inhumanoids.
3: Both of which are excellent. excellent. Jim, it's, it's great to be on a, a show with someone who actually knows who I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but, uh, you, you know,
1: um, the, thing about, the thing about it is that I found that your book, The Inhumanoids, kind of was very similar in some ways to a very short piece that I did called The Problem of Density in Regard to Non-Human Encounters, which is to say that a really? lot of these creatures, yeah, a lot of these creatures... Appear to be not necessarily permanent residents of our world.
3: No, no, not at all. It's, uh, in my opinion, Tim, they're, they're the creatures like Bigfoot and Mothman yeah. and Lizard Man and uh, all of the Dogman, man, et etc., They're uh, they forms, which is uh, supernatural manifestations and quasi human animal physical right. form. And they just, uh, well beyond the boundaries of accepted scientific possibility. And so science is pretty much helpless to, uh, really do anything to, uh, prove or or disprove what people are saying. It's just beyond the realms of scientific capability. Right. And that's my opinion. You know, I'm sure there's, uh, your readers, your uh, listeners are going to be like, oh, my God, not another one of these guys. But according to my (laughs) own... If it's just my own research. This, this is the truth, and you yep, know you can exactly. however you like it, or not taking it at all. As, That's
1: right.
2: Uh, Tim, Tim Schwartz, have you read Bart's books? Uh, I wish I could say I have, but I haven't. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Bart. Uh, uh, once That's I found okay. out who, well, now once I found out um, that you were going to be our guest, I, I looked you up online, and I, you know, I found, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, some of your writing and things like that, so I I caught up yeah. uh, very quick and uh, actually uh, uh, ordered uh, <laughs> the inhumanoids, uh, and it's uh, it's on its way. But unfortunately, because of the snow and stuff, it's uh, it's been delayed. So yeah, I I'm sorry, but uh, you know, under normal oh, circumstances, I would have job. been under normal circumstances i would've been caught up by now but uh you know as yeah. you as you well know we're all kind of snowbound up, uh, up around in oh, here yeah. so yeah, yeah.
1: and, and <laughs> this part well yeah in in your kentucky book uh, mysterious kentucky you had some things in there that just really fascinated me because they almost seem to tie in with some things that are seen in west virginia uh there was a book written by another gentleman called white things uh excellent little book and your book reminded me of that, but you had even more uh, material. And you talked about some
2: creatures called grave diggers. Oh, no, just to, I'm cool. going to interrupt you here for just a second. Mysterious Kentucky? Yes, I have read your work. I have that book right here. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was too. just That's thinking. I was just thinking of the inhumanoid. Yes, Mysterious Kentucky. That is an excellent book, by the way. It, it is. is. It's
1: one of the best. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: It
1: really uh, is. It's yeah. one of the best serious looks at these types of things in a, in, in a given region.
2: All right, I, I, I'm sorry. I did not. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your creative well, okay. thoughts <laughs> there, Mike. But yeah,
1: the, the grave diggers just really tripped me out because you know we've had uh, like we had Nick Keen on the show when he described something that sounded a lot like that, and then somebody else described something that sounded like that at one point. You know the, these these long skinny humanoid things that are almost like insectoid, but they're also kind of like mammals covered in pale yeah. fur. Really weird stuff.
3: Well, I guess probably one of the uh, the most uh, odd little cryptid uh, accounts I've ever actually taken. This this thing was was about three feet tall, and it knew its, its head almost like an owl, you know, in a 360-degree uh, motion. And uh, the witness described it as... Uh, Blinking its eyes a lot as if it couldn't see. And, and, and it moved so fast that when this thing actually took off, it, it made leaps of about 40 feet each. And it was so fast that the witness, you know, it was just a blur to the witness. So I personally had never heard or, or, or researched anything quite like that in, in my life. Wow. So yeah, that, that's definitely an odd little deal. And according to local uh, belief, it's, uh, it likes to uh, make its uh, den in, in graveyards and uh, eat eat the uh, bodies of, uh, of the people that are buried in the graveyard. So right. it's kind of like a ghoulish little creature. Right. Exactly. Cause, because that, that that corresponds
1: to you know the uh, the 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 Arabian ghoul.
3: Hmm. Right. Exactly. Very strange. Hmm. Yeah. The, well, what's uh, even had pictures of its footprint that he had taken and it looked a lot like uh it was about the size of a wolf print only it, it was it was kind of different than that but it was it was about that size and what, I, was, what was what was the rest of the physical description uh of of those well it had uh, no shoulders and it had long spindly arms he couldn't really see the legs because it was, He had landed on the opposite side of some uh, train tracks that he was walking down, coming from a little fishing trip, and uh, downy fur, you know, Mm -hmm. and head like, head almost bird-like, but it had a a human-like mouth uh, with with tiny, sharp, little needle-like teeth. Hmm. So really, that was really, really strange.
2: Oh, that's that's
3: that's interesting. Well, you know, it 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 almost
2: sounds like Mike. I mean, do you remember um, uh, uh, Nick uh, Nick Keen when he was on? He told us about an encounter that right. him and his friend saw with uh, like a uh, uh, thing
1: crawling on the building. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds the it, same. It does. yeah, it does. It does. Except, uh,
1: the, except the thing that Nick Keen saw. Well, it sounds like the exact same physical description. The one he saw was huge.
2: Mm-hmm. It
1: was really really big. Like yeah. You know, like seventy-seven feet wow. tall. Yeah, and it crawled right over the top of a building, up the wall, and over
3: the top. So, yeah, it's very weird stuff. I'm gonna have but, to uh, get this book. That did you say it was in a book? I I've never, I've never read of anything
1: you know, quite like. No, it was, it was uh, an account. We had Nick Keene from Kentucky on the show, and uh, uh-huh. this was that actual sighting that he had of this thing years ago when he was a
2: teenager. Him and a, him and a friend. Yeah. That's, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was that was around in the uh I think he said it was on the Louisville area. Yeah. but well, he is now, but who knows where it was, but
3: uh, no, I was thinking it was, it was, uh, I think about that. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, everybody wants me to do a follow up to Mysterious Kentucky and uh I'm trying my best, but you know, that's uh forty years of experiences that in, went into that book and thirty years of uh research and it's it's hard to uh you know, come up with something that that matches up to that, and it would be as good as that. But I'm, I'm definitely working on it. Right,
1: right. That, that's a great book, and you know, do you, do you think that something like, for instance, the, the so-called grave digger, do you, does, is that something that you, that you see going back into a with accounts going, you know, back for decades? Is
3: it uh, firmly no? Lost? I think it's the first one that I've ever heard of, but it does. It is quite reminiscent of the, the like you say, the radiant ghoul legends you know and uh, yeah. that's really what it reminded me of you know, when i wrote it down 10 years ago right so but it was actually the, the very first time that i've ever heard of anything like that and i was quite surprised because you know i've either read about researched or seen just about everything that you can possibly <laughs> see and right
1: uh, well you I know never heard of like- if you think about it I just recently have heard about something which I assumed, and I still think probably did, originate on the on the internet. Some of the people are calling the rake, and these things sound like smaller versions of the rake, or smaller smaller versions, kind of of Slenderman, if he if he were like naked. So you know, yeah,
3: yeah, wow. yeah, pretty weird. a another, uh, another phenomenon that I've only uh, recently heard about. And it was. Online, it was a black-eyed kids phenomenon. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was pretty skeptical about that because you know I've never come across another account like that. But then, you know, it's it's hard to it's hard to really come to uh, some kind of a logical conclusion when it comes to some of these, these things, especially the ones that are just now emerging. You know, and we've right. thousands of years of human existence and. You know I'm, I'm, I tend to more to put more faith in, in the things that we've always seen since the beginning of time than I do of, of something that's just now coming up
1: right well you know uh, when I when I wrote I, I have a book on these topics and when I did the first edition back you have
3: to read that I'm yeah I'm
1: have to read that cool because back in 2001 when the first edition came out in January I had an account in there and of course it's still in the third edition of a guy who had an encounter with he and his little daughter had an encounter with something in a store that looked kinda like a little girl but it wasn't a little girl. It was like dressed up in a dress and had what looked like a wig on and but it had the solid black eyes. And it really freaked him out. And uh he you know, he said he it was following him and his daughter around the store and then he went up to the front to complain and the person at the front counter you know he said there's a weird kid back there because he thought it was a deformed child and they, he said you know somebody needs to the, you need to you know tell the parent to come get this kid he's she's following us all over the store and he said sir yeah, and he said, black eyes is like you're freaking yeah, me out yeah exactly <laughs> well it kind of darted at his daughter and his daughter was a toddler and he he said that you know that the guy looked at him like he was crazy he said sir he said you and your child you and your daughter are the only people in the store Wow. So yeah, yeah and, and the store was partially underground. It was like built down into the ground. It was in a, a mall uh, that was partially built down into the ground, and it was on the lower level, like in a corner back under where the escalators were, and it was a toy store. And uh, that's where this he saw this thing. <laughs> Pretty weird. Wow. Yeah, that it is definitely it weird. And
3: it's well, it's both the the ghostly and the spectral aspect of the unexplained that really you know. To be honest, I, I've seen and encountered Bigfoot on more than one occasion, and I've been pretty scared. But what really scares me the most is, is the ghosts and the, and the spectral entities that come right into your house, yeah. which, you know, you can't really get away from. So that's, <laughs> it's kind of, that's kind of strange, but those do frighten me. I'd rather face 10 Bigfoot all... <laughs> angry screaming Bigfoot and have nothing but a pocket knife and to face one ghost in, in one uh in
2: really <laughs>
3: Well who's who's
2: to say though that Bigfoot isn't uh isn't a ghost or
3: you know a phantom that's of some true. kind. That's true, Mike, and I We're, believe he is. I believe Bigfoot I, is a zoo form. And that's basically what they are. But they can, that they can
1: pass I think that they pass from a, a quantum state, a potentiality, an expectation. Kinda of like uh, like Heisenberg's right. Uh, particles they 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 save up energy of of and they give us what we what we expect even if it's on a subconscious
3: level does that the make only sense thing that they ever, that gave me uh tim was uh a really good scare and you know back in 1975 when all the spots were monster uh incident was taking place uh you know it's the only thing that that we got out of it was, you know, to be scared to death, and finally, I'd be driven from our home by these creatures. And uh, so I don't know. Maybe it's it's some type of uh, supernatural entity that actually feeds on fear. Right. Okay. So we okay well. Be, now, uh,
2: okay. This, this this is this is Tim. Uh, can you uh, can you give us a little bit more uh, of a background of that case? I mean uh, that that sounds absolutely fascinating.
3: Sure. Sure, Tim. Well, you remember, you know, when. All the times when you were a little kid and your parents told you, you know, there's no such thing as monsters, there's no such thing as monsters, Mm -hmm. they lied. They just just (laughs) lied. Uh, I'm sure they didn't do it on purpose. I'm sure they thought that they were telling the truth. And my own parents used to tell us that up until I was nine years old in in 1975, uh, that's the year that we moved into a small, isolated country house uh, in Baskett, Kentucky, just outside of Spotsville. It was right on the banks of the Green River. And, um, you know, at first everything was great, you know. The spring came and the the trees bloomed. We had a lot of fruit trees and stuff like that there. And and my brother and I, my older brother, he's older by one year, you know, we we were avid arrowhead hunters and artifact collectors. We'd walk the ridges picking up arrowheads and stuff that the Indians had left, you know, hundreds of years ago. And everything was great. It was a perfect situation until, you know, our, our chickens, my dad's chickens come up missing, you know, a few at a time, and he would blame it on weasels or, or whatever, coyotes. And, uh, but it, it actually turned out that uh, these huge, hairy creatures were <laughs> evidently inhabiting the same area of land as we were, hmm. and we were basically terrorized for 11 months by these things, you know, and they, they ended up killing all of our farm animals. They killed over 200 chickens. They killed our goats. They killed our horse. And not only that, but we would find these other animals, mostly dogs, that these things would kill and bring up on our property and just drop for us to find. And the the thing about that was they were all strangely mutilated and not eaten. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I have a a pretty, pretty good memory. But each of the carcasses that we found were sliced open from the neck down to the groin. Hmm. They were totally eviscerated and totally exsanguinated. You know, all their entrails were removed, their tongues were removed, and their eyes were removed. And none of the meat was touched. Right. And uh, you know, they weren't ripped open like an animal would, would rip open it. I mean, its prey. They were they were cut uh, as like a, with a knife. So. Hmm. But, uh, you know, we lived here for 11 years, and we all ended up seeing it one, at one time or another. And, you know, my mother and my father and my brothers and sisters. But my brother really got a... a
1: mm-hmm. What's that? What would you say about your brother?
2: I think maybe... Uh,
1: I think we lost Bart.
2: Uh, I think yeah, I think we lost him here. Okay, well, what don't we... Uh, let's... Uh, Let's go and uh, let's go take a break, break, and then we'll uh, we'll bring him right back here on the outer edges. All, All right, just, uh, fun fun things about technology. <laughs> yes, indeed. again on the outer edge uh, accidentally uh, got uh, disconnected uh, from bart here so uh, uh, bart glad to have you back uh, why don't you continue uh, your story you were saying that uh, your your brother had uh, 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 more sightings more experiences
3: with these uh, creatures on your farm yes he had the, he probably had the closest look of anyone in our family he had a uh, a day a daylight sighting and uh, this thing had come up from out of the uh, woods and was standing at the edge of our property staring at two of my nieces who were playing in the yard, and uh, he described it as being uh, about nine foot tall, uh, covered in reddish hair that was tipped with gray like it was an older creature, and it had patches on its body that were thinner, the hair was thinner, so it it looked kind of lean, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and not really huge, but. Uh, kind of skinny, so he, he he felt that it was uh, an older an older creature. Hmm. So yeah, he's the one that got the best look. I saw it when you know when we were um, all staying out on the porch one morning waiting for the school bus. It was standing in, in the cornfield, but it was a pretty good ways away, and I, I really couldn't tell any facial features. And it stood there, you know, watching us, and we stood there watching it until the school bus came, and then it just kind of bent down in, into the corn and uh, was gone. Well, what did it? What did it look like to you? Well, to me, it looked like about a, a nine or ten foot tall, huge creature covered in hair, and that's wow. that's basically the you know the description that it, everybody gives. I've, I've researched this area and I found uh, accounts going all the way back to the nineteen thirties with this thing. Hmm. And so it's it's it was it's been here for a long time, and it's it's still here today. Now, I, my last report, the sponsor Monster, was. Uh, uh, taken late last year. Well,
1: wh- wh- how close did
3: you guys get to this thing,
2: or things, plural? <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> well, my brother, he's within thirty or forty feet of it. But Whoa. my our neighbor, uh, he lived about a half mile or a mile down the road. He was uh, he was a hunter and uh, a member of the, the local fire department, and he had he'd been hunting down there, and he actually got Uh, face to face with this thing and uh, that was actually the reason why we moved was when he told my father uh, he was encountering it in a a barn you know he was uh, out trying to tack this thing down but he he couldn't really find any any footprints this thing was leaving he he had found a claw and uh, and some hair but he was out looking for it and he was in coming up close to this barn and it started raining it was an open ended barn and so he stepped up into the barn to get out of the rain, and the other end of the barn opened onto a uh, plowed-up field. Hmm. And he said he was just standing there, and he got uh, a real creepy feeling like something was watching him. When he turned around, and he was looking right into the uh, stomach of this huge hairy monster. My goodness! And he had his gun on his he uh, had his gun on his shoulder, and he said he had to look straight up. This this man is uh, six foot three inches tall, and he had to look straight up to look into this being's face. Wow! And when he did, uh, he said it had red eyes—not glowing, but fiery red eyes. Hmm. And as soon as he uh, made eye eye contact with this creature, he completely froze. Uh, and he stood there and he he claimed that. The preacher spoke to him without moving his lips at all, and it spoke to him right. in English and said, Don't be afraid. I'm not going to hurt you. And yeah. he stood there, and the preacher turned around and ran out the other end of the barn into the field. He said he had to stay there for a couple of minutes just to get his composure back, you know, where he could really move. And he thought, Well, I'm going to go out here and see what kind of footprints this thing makes. But to his surprise, uh, he went out into the, the field. There was not a single footprint in the mud. Hmm. So whatever it was, had ran across that field and didn't leave a single track. And my, I remember my father asked him, he said, well, do you think that I, that this, this, this thing or this thing, these things could actually come up and, you know, take one of my kids or something like that? And he said, well, you know, you've been here for a few months now. And it hasn't, and it, and it probably won't, but one thing's for sure. If it did decide to do something like that, he said, your kid would just be gone. There wouldn't be a single thing in the world anybody could do to get that kid back. And it wasn't long after that that we moved away and abandoned that particular site. I guess that's what they the were after, my right? Life that, right, I guess so. And it was the only time in my life that I, I ever saw my dad scared of anything. And him and my mom were so scared that my dad had a five-gallon bucket of kerosene and he kept it right there by the kitchen door. And he and my mom call, call all those kids into the kitchen one night. I have five brothers and sisters. So all six of us were sitting at the table, and he said, uh, you see that bucket of kerosene over there? And we said, yeah, there's an old broom there, or a mop, rather. He said, well, whatever this thing is down here, it's, it's so big, you know, if it, if it ever decides to come into the house, there's no way that wooden door is going to stop it from coming in. And if it ever does that, uh, if I can't scare it away using this 12-gauge shotgun and uh, fire, then I'm just going to knock the bucket of kerosene over and light it, and we'll all die together instead Mm
4: -hmm.
3: of, of, you know, losing one of you kids to this thing or or something. He he said, could you all really live the rest of your life knowing that? These creatures out here that took away your brother and sister, and you know, of course, they were right. kind of stalking those kids. And he said, "No, I guess we'd all just prefer to die together." But that's how serious it was. Man, wow. so so,
1: do you suspect that that they might have been living on the property somewhere? I mean, were there caves or caverns nearby? Well, we did
3: find a cave. That uh, summer, and uh, it was actually made into uh, out of a uh, big mound of dirt where they had years earlier it had uh, cleared out the uh, the field and mounded up all the the dirt and tree limbs and everything like that. And it was, it was a pretty good sized cave. But we told our uh, dad about it at supper one evening, and uh, evidently the thing was outside listening to us because when we took our dad to it and mom to it the next day. To show it to him, the cave was completely gone. It was completely filled in. Yeah. So, you know, I don't I know. That's strange. Yeah, I don't know if they, I'm I'm kind of thinking that they, they probably are underground. Or yes. Underground that's what but it sounds like. We have a green river right there behind our house, and so. Oh, yeah. Know, they could easily just slip into that if they wanted to get away, or just slip into the woods because no one right. came out out that area and it was isolated we had two really vicious farm dogs and even our you know good friends of the family they could not pull up into our driveway and get out of the car unless one of us came and got the dogs away mm. but well you know that creatures were, came around the dog we knew that the, the creatures was coming around because we could hear that we had a uh, hole in the underpinning of our house right at the back doorsteps and when these creatures came around we could hear our two dogs bumping their heads against the floorboards at our feet. Wow. Trying to get away. So that was that alert us immediately that you know we should in the area and prepare to be uh, scared. So Yeah, that's that's something that,
1: that you hear a lot. Off. Yeah, you hear a lot that the guard dogs and normally aggressive yeah. and, and brave dogs are really terrified of these of these things and oh, yeah. uh, specifically the hairy humanoids, but other things too. But you yeah. know, the Green River there have been some strange encounters in the Green River where people have been grabbed and pulled under, and things like that.
3: Well, actually, that was—I uh, think you're talking about the uh, Darwin Johnson case, it happened. Uh, I believe it was in the 1960s, where she was grabbed under and pulled, grabbed by the leg and pulled under the, the river. Several times. Yeah, that, almost, that was that, that was the,
2: um, the Ohio River,
3: Ohio. Was that right. a, oh,
1: the Ohio River. Okay, right. well, there's something, there's right. some, there's something associated with the Green River too. I can't remember what it oh, is, right. but yeah,
3: yeah. definitely. There, there's been uh, all kinds of weird stuff associated with the Green River. Yeah, uh, I've spoken to a couple witnesses that have seen uh, some type of uh, water monster in there, and I myself have seen something that I couldn't identify swimming in the Green River. Actually, it was two. I was driving to work across the Spotsville Bridge one day. It was right at, right at dawn. And I just happened to look down the river and I saw these two uh, objects. And they looked like they were slender objects and about 15 feet long each and it looked like they were fighting. So I have no wow. clue what they were, but they were making one hell of a splash. <laughs> and, uh, you know, of course I had, had to go on to work. But it, you know, I've seen things in the Green River myself that I, that I really can't explain.
1: Yeah very
3: wild so this this so it does
1: sound like these things had created themselves a, a, an entrance to some underground area and that uh they were well aware of what you guys were talking about and thinking and if they are telepathic in some way like your brother seemed to indicate then they could have just picked up what you guys were saying without actually hearing it
3: right yeah well uh, that's the thing uh, I think these things are, are supernatural creatures or at least partly supernatural, capable of being right. physical when they want and completely non-physical when they choose as well. So, uh, so do you, no think
1: gi- you think that You think something that's a giant, because Bigfoot is a giant, okay? Right. Do you think that, that, that Bigfoot has any connection to the Nephilim, the, 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 the mighty men who were part fallen angel and part human?
3: Well, that's an interesting question because, in my own meager opinion, and you know, I, I form my conclusions, uh, like I say, you know, with with the experiences that I've been able to experience. And it just so happens that I was born and raised in what paranormal researchers call a window area, mm-hmm. right? Where multiple seemingly unrelated phenomena tend to overlap with startling regularity. Yeah, and I believe that uh, they're all connected. I can tell them. I believe they are all connected, and I believe that uh, the Nephilim, you know, which we all know the story of that, is the uh, right. The fallen angels came down to uh, mate with the uh, daughters of men, you know, the earthly women, and the, their offspring was the Nephilim. So the uh, basic, basically, their their origin is demonic, and yeah. I believe that yeah. you know. You know, I believe in a, a literal interpretation of the Bible, and I, I believe in God. And a lot of people think that's a uh, a crutch, but it, it's really not. It, it really all no. everything in life comes down to good the battle between good and evil. It does. I agree, and, uh, I absolutely agree. You know, the, the Great Flood you know cleansed the earth of these Nephilim, uh, but not the demonic entities who created them. And I believe that they they still create them. So well, it, not just that, Bart. You know. It, it, Satan is known in the Bible, Ephesians chapter two, verse two, as the prince of the power of the air. That's right. And I think think of the connotations that that implies. It implies that you know the air is his realm to do with as he uh, sees fit. Yeah. And we have all these UFOs, which are yeah. they're also uh, being manifested in in these window areas, just like uh, the Bigfoot and ghosts. You know, we lived in a haunted house in 1985. We finally moved back to the country after 10 years and moved back into a uh, even more haunted location than, than the Spatuel Monster case that we lived in. And, and the, the other case, the, the inside of our house was extremely haunted with a full spectrum of, uh, you know, ghostly poltergeist happenings. And outside, we were seeing UFOs regularly, and then all of a sudden, Bigfoot makes his appearance at that location <laughs> right? time and time again. Now, well, what are the chances? The, exactly, what are the chances what? that all these unknown, unexplained mysteries could be in the same place at the same time? The chances should be zero, unless they're all connected somehow.
1: Well, you know, some some of these hairy humanoids seem to be totally physical, and then some seem to be malleable. They can go between uh, uh, different states of matter or just disappear. Right. And like Tim said, you know, how do we know that Bigfoot himself isn't a ghost and when you think about it in the the old testament the the spirits of the nephilim who were killed in the flood there were probably millions of these guys okay there was an entire worldwide civilization with a high level of technology and these guys died and according to hebrew belief their spirits became the so-called unclean spirits that christ was casting out of people and and into pigs and so forth Uh, and they're called uh, the uh, rephi yeah, the Rephaim are the spirits of the drowned giants. And you'll find in the Old Testament where it talks about them being drowned in, in, and they're locked in the sea, but they still haunt the earth and, and this type of stuff. So, um, you know, what if that's what some of these Bigfoot forms are? They're the, the spirits of these half-angelic or half-fallen angelic beings, and, and they're half-human, but since they're, you know, they're wanderers on the earth. You know, there are people who've seen these uh, Bigfoot, characters there was a, one guy who was some kind of mormon or something and he encountered one when he was on horseback and this thing told him it was doomed to roam the earth forever until the day of judgment yeah so you know you have to wonder if there's not a de- very definite connection here when uh,
3: uh there is I do, I do believe there is well you know uh, the linda guy, godfrey you know, argument against that about, is as well if these uh, if these things are supernatural and uh, all that well, why they why do they eat why they have to eat, why they have to drink, yeah. why they have to poop. And I always survive, they don't have to. They choose to. The bodies that the fallen angels uh took on, they had to take on fleshly bodies of course in order to have sexual relations with, with the the mortal women. But the bodies right. that they took on of flesh were completely functional. Right. They ate, they drank, you know, they didn't have to to survive, but they chose to because it was a pleasure that as right. angels they, they didn't have. So it's not that big a stretch to me to, to think of Bigfoot eating, just because, because it wants to, not because right. it has to. Because seriously, all the animals that we we had killed in 1935, none of them were eating. Were, were eating right. all well, the they. only take left. And if I was a 10 foot tall I ate, you would have to eat everything, not just yes. you know the guts or the entrails, but you would have to eat everything in order to keep your such a massive body going. So it's not that it's not that far of a stretch for me to uh, completely dismiss that. You know, they can't right. be supernatural because they eat and drink. That's not, well, you know, you know one,
1: one thing about that, Bart.
3: These these beans.
1: You know, if you, for instance, if you study a demonology and, and tales of demon possession, you'll find that a lot of times these de- one of the parts of that information in that body of lore is that some of these things want to experience flesh again because they had flesh once before. Sure. And so they want to experience the pleasures of flesh. And that's one of the reasons they possess people. Um, and you know, the, the organs that you said were missing it's interesting. It's always the particular organs, the liver, the, um, the mucous membrane. Type of organs, the tongue, the eyes, right. the, the eyes, the rectum. These are the things that right. these things crave. But th- it's UFOs that take these. It's chupacabras that takes these. It's it's exactly. you know it's like, the the UFO man UFOs who takes been, these. You know they sure, all take the same, the same UFO stuff.
3: The phenomenon has been accused of harvesting uh, human uh, organic material for for as long as there's been people that can tell right. that story. You know, and right. so what so are they doing with all this uh, organic exactly. material? Well, in the old days, they don't have those, to eat it. they're evidently using it for some
1: purpose. Well, well, thousands of years ago, those particular let's call them meats. Those particular meats were the sacrificial portion, okay? That the so-called gods required from the sacrifice, and then the humans who sacrificed the animal, they would cut out certain things like that, like the liver and the various parts of tongue and these things, and they would leave it for the gods, and then they themselves would take cuts of the meat. Okay, and right. we quit. Sac- we humans quit sacrificing animals for the most part a long time ago. But these things still require these things for some reason. So could it be that they have servants, or they take on forms in order to obtain those same sacrificial meats that they once required? Except now right. we have Mothman going digging up r- digging at roadkill as he was witnessed doing. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, See what I'm could it be that? Uh, yeah, could it be that they're taking all this harvested DNA and creating their own exactly. creatures? You know, exactly filling them with a, with a demonic spirit and uh, right. You know, just it's, doing going about their own nefarious business, whatever that may be. Exactly, you know, it's, it's obvious to me that these creatures are not. I'm so sick of turning on my TV and seeing some so-called Bigfoot expert spouting off about how harmless these things are and not to be afraid of them. They're shy, they're, they're retiring, yeah. they won't bother you. Just keep going. That's, that's, not, that's not in the evidence. That's it. not in the accounts.
1: Right. These
3: things are very dangerous. They know what's in the minds of these creatures. It's, it's highly dangerous. And yeah. it's actually embarrassing to me because I've been doing this so long. and uh, It's just, I don't know. It's, uh, you can't even turn on TV anymore without somebody spouting off well, well own opinion at, uh, when, you, when, fashion, you, when you find re- you actually know nothing
1: right it's all opinion, and, and they want so desperately for Bigfoot to be a big mummy main monkey, excuse me they are on the mummy thing, a right. big monkey or or a missing link,
3: and that's just not the case and exactly. you know that's you the look- exact point, Mike the missing link is the exact point why would why would a supernatural spirit or or demon, why would he want to appear as a half man half ape well. Gee, it's a missing link. You know, here, here you go. the missing link out here. Look for me. Uh, I'm here. You know, I'm going to prove that creationists are wrong and, and Darwin is right. But yeah. you know, we can't, we can't find them. You know, we can't classify them. They don't die. Even the, right. the juveniles. You know, they don't die a right. normal death like any other animal because we have not right. found the bones and they're not represented in the fossil record but I'm not saying the fossil record is complete by any means because there's probably right. billions of species that have lived and died and we don't have fossils, right. but right. the greatest the greatest lunacy of all to me, and I, I fully uh, agree with the skeptics of, of Bluefoot on this, how could hundreds if not thousands of big, huge eight creatures as soon as the gigantic is black eye or black and how can they... Be roaming around every continent of the earth and day in and day out, every single one of them avoid capture, they avoid getting killed. You can't even take a big picture of them. Right. I've been trying to take pictures of these creatures for years, Mike, and yeah. every time one walks into, uh, in front of my trail cam, guess what? It's unreadable data, unusable data, and it's totally black. Yeah. For my yeah. other pictures, hundreds of other pictures of natural animals are right there and it's perfectly clear, but. When one of these creatures comes up up in front of the camera, it's unreadable data. Well, we'll think about Which this, too. How could a gigantic evolve to such a point where they can completely exactly. elude us in all our technology and right. we can't even take a damn picture of them? Well, That's think so about like this, that. too. In, in
1: UFO encounters. You have all these supposed accounts of underground bases, which I don't doubt at all. I believe all these underground bases exist. A a lot of them do anyway, and that a lot of these entities do go underground, but I think one of the main reasons they go underground is is because they need the shelter from the radiation of the sun and the cosmos because that destroys their form, their temporary form. Yeah, the longer they're exposed to sunlight, this of course accounts for why monsters come out at night, right? The, the more they're exposed to sunlight, the more quickly they deteriorate because if sun, the sunlight causes us to age, what does it do to a temporary form? Okay? So these, these things, you hear these stories of these UFO underground bases with vats filled with body parts and animals and people and stuff where they're, they're making this goo that they want to bathe in, or whatever, supposedly for nutrients. But what if they're doing is they're actually creating the bodies that they inhabit from those raw exactly. materials? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you one hundred percent on that, Mike. And that would explain a lot of the crossover in ufology, where Bigfoot is on the UFOs and all the rest of it, because they, sure. or even the reptoids, because these are all forms that they're creating to temporarily inhabit while they go about their business, and you know,
3: right. for different purposes. I see we're on the same page there. It's, it's kind of unusual to you know to uh, be able to talk so freely about this because you know I'm sure 95 percent of your listeners are going, oh my God, this is You might artist. be
1: surprised. Nothing we have proven. I think we have some
3: pretty intelligent listeners on this and show. Right, that's great, that's great yeah. tonight. Uh, Nothing can be proven. Uh, if it could be, then it would already have been. Right, we, we wouldn't could, be talking about it. If we could, if we could shoot and kill and harvest a specimen of Bigfoot, we already would have. I've talked to dozens of people who have unloaded hot lead into the bodies of these creatures, and nothing happens. They simply walk away. I mean, there's right. no, no
1: creature on Earth that can do that. Well, one of the things I look at in, in, in my book, Caverns, Caunders and Concealed Creatures, is that these entities, in all their forms, there's only one thing, physical thing, that they really do not like, and that is iron or steel, which is made from iron. And I, I postulate that the reason for that is there's an electromagnetic effect, there's a disruption that comes about with iron. Uh, you find it in every tradition around the world that all these beings, even the biggest, scariest ones, they don't like swords, knives, Anything that's iron or steel, and this is why the Highland Scots started the tradition of the so-called lucky horseshoe, because they knew that these horseshoes nailed over their doors and windows would keep things from coming in because they were repelled by the iron. Wow, that's that's
3: really interesting.
1: Well, you think about this, they they, are also the traditions about spirits, evil spirits being unable to cross running water, including when they become physically real, like uh, Nukalavi and all these other things. They can't pursue people across running water, and running water, particularly if it's on rocky ground, generates a powerful electromagnetic field.
3: Wow. Well, I was just uh, speaking to my friend, uh, Linda Godfrey, uh, the author of all the Dogman books of and she's come across a, a really interesting uh, account uh, of this I don't know if it's called it a Bigfoot or, or or sort of a dog-man creature, but uh, it, it actually did cross running water uh, to get at this witness, and, and it started chasing him. And the only, time, only way that he got out of it is saying, Jesus, please help me. Lord Jesus, please help me. And he said, as soon as right. he said that, this thing right. vanished. Hmm. It didn't run away. It just simply disappeared. Hmm. And so that's so I, another I'm thing not, that, you know, well, look,
1: That's fine, because that's another thing that you don't hear a lot, and that is selectively left out of a lot of anomalous encounter literature, intentionally left out. Because a lot of times, these recipients will will tell people, I told this thing to leave me alone in the name of Jesus Christ, and it left. Or even with UFO entities, I told it to leave me alone in the name of Jesus Christ, they got back on the ship, and they left. Seriously, there was a guy who was sitting exactly. on his porch. This thing, this thing got off out of the ship, and he said it was a giant. It had hooves. He came walking out, and he's, he was sitting there on his porch with his Bible. He was an old country guy. And he said, I told him, turn around and get back in his ship. In the name of Jesus, just leave me alone. He said, turn around got back in the ship, and it left.
3: Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly. You're right about that aspect being intentionally left out. Sure it is. Sure. Oh, yeah. Because it's, basically, it's... Uh, well, it's financial suicide to, to put anything that has to do with religion and link it to well, any of these mysteries. But I'm telling you what, I'm not scared to do that, and that's exactly what I did in The Inhumanoids. Right. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I finished Inhumanoids in 2010, I switched to every uh, publisher that, that I could think of that published books on the Freudian topics. Every single one of them turned me down. Their reason? Because I had crossed a line and uh, I, I wrote down an experience of mine where one of these creatures, these demonic entities, actually crawled up into bed with me. Right. I'm telling you, Mike, that's the number one scariest moment of my life. Right. I know mean, I faced death several times. Uh, luckily, I didn't die, but I was not scared like I was. As soon as this thing entered the room, I was in, I was immediately paralyzed. He's completely right. and totally paralyzed, it. and I knew immediately what it was and why it was there.
1: And, and I have I've heard this from to. so many people. I have an entire yeah. chapter in my book about
3: this. Yeah. Well, this oh, and I. I want. I want the details. Yeah, I've been. I want the details of that case. case. Hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. I appreciate that, man. I and. Mean, uh, so he can read it too. So, but anyway, so it, paralyzed, I, it paralyzed you, and then and then what happened? Completely. Well, The reason that it came in the first place is because I've been talking to a well-known Bigfoot researcher, uh, and she couldn't uh, rationalize why she had been from seeing Bigfoot to having black helicopters hover over her house with men, you know, taking pictures of her and her house and her family and poker dust activity happening in her house and right she she even was she came outside one day and there was a Bigfoot standing at the tree line at the edge of her yard. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh she said since as as she saw this thing it turned around and walked started walking away. Then it laid down on the ground, Mike, and actually turned into a log. And right. she and some friends got the log and brought it into a living room. I said, Well the first thing you need to do is get that log out of your house, you know, do burn it up yeah. or whatever, but yeah. I was explaining to her just you know, I was talking to her just like I'm talking to you right now about how these things all uh, are connected to biblical theories and and explanations and uh And I I also believe in the spirit world. They do not want you to tell the truth about them. They love it when people talk about them and spread the news. But when you start telling the truth, bad things happen. Right. Right. And I just got off the phone with her and laid down, and I hadn't even closed my eyes yet, Mike, when this thing came into the room. So, you know, I know I wasn't a victim of uh, apinesis or sleep paralysis, although I did use that explanation for myself in order to, Go to sleep the next night. There was no sleep. That well, you, were night, step, you were stepping on some toes, Bart.
1: But I got to tell yeah. you, I've had my share of strange experiences, very similar to yours, which I really don't talk about because I have to be objective. But I will tell you this: when you step on those toes, strange things will start to happen. And oh, you indeed. know, when I wrote when I wrote Caverns, there was a um, there's a very there's a Christian slant to Caverns because I, I'm tying together the same sort of things. And looking at it in terms of, of what they're really after, which I believe is they're after genetics. And they have their various reasons for that. And, I, you know, here's the thing about it. I was, I was, when the first edition came out, you know, I came under a lot of attack on the internet, ridicule, this is the weirdest book ever, all this kind of stuff. What these people don't understand is that this is, this is all part of a long lasting tradition of, of what's really demonology. Okay, let's just call it what it is. It's it's demonology. All this stuff is demonology. Cryptozoology, all of it. And that's why Keel said ufology is just another name for demonology.
3: Uh, I agree with that completely. Uh, Cryptozoology, I don't necessarily agree with that. Because true cryptozoology is the study of undiscovered natural animals. Right. right? But here's here's my no, point. There are no two-legged cryptids in this world. Right. Believe me, there are no cryptids that, true cryptids that walk on two legs. These are all completely different. A do well,
1: don't. Here's the thing. The cryptozoologists do not understand that what they're, what they're studying may often be what I would call either demonic or quantum-based forms. You call them zooforms. What they don't understand is yeah. what they're what they're what they're actually dealing with because they don't want to admit that they don't want to you know and there are unknown animals you know they're discovered all the time sure and there are probably sure. some of right things and Randall in the, in the realm and of but Bigfoot right. and Mothman don't right I agree and a lot of these things are are even if they're physically real f- for a time there's another explanation like for instance why is it that they always take the same Uh, parts of an animal, a mutilated animal or person, that UFO entities take, that Mothman took, that Chupacabras takes. They all want the same stuff. And that right there is a common thread that goes all the way back to the most ancient times. You know, there was a creature in Sumeria, in Sumer, called the Utuku. And the Utuku was a big-winged black thing with glowing eyes and his job was to come out and gather up the meats of the sacrifice and take them back to the underworld. Sounds like Mothman to
3: me. Right, yeah, it does to me too. And they also, uh, Mike, they also want blood. They want yeah. the blood yeah. because it contains the soul, according to the Bible. And they want the, the uh, you know, the soft parts for the reasons that you, that you were uh, describing. Right. So the, you know, those those are the that they, that those those parts for.
1: The parts that they take are some of the parts of the bodies that contain the greatest concentrations of stem cells.
3: Right, right.: Very they interesting. The cells they can use. that you know, they need the cells. They need the cells to uh, mix them with other, other uh, supernatural DNA and come up with all these forms and humanoids that we're encountering in the world and have been since the dawn of time.: Right. You know we have cave paintings of these of giants, and we have cave paintings of UFOs and all these strange creatures. So they've made it their business to seed into us uh, the belief in them, since we were, you know, capable of uh, of talking to one another. You know, they, right. what they really need more than anything, Mike, is our belief. More than they need the DNA, they need us to believe that they're they're real and they need us to believe what they want us to believe uh, concerning their uh, purposes. And, and it's like the uh, the missing link. They want us to think that it's a missing link between man and monkey. They want us to think that yeah. UFO pilots or aliens from outer space is going to come down and save us from ourselves. And the world gets so bad, you know, right before we step over that edge of the abyss into complete, Destruction. They're going to come down. They're going to save us. Right. What this does is takes the, your, your faith away from Jesus Christ, the only one, the only entity capable of saving us as human beings. Right. And well, it's, it's a, a deception. Demonic yeah. entities. Well, so, look. So me, that... it takes that, that's your something faith that, from Him into, to the to the demons. That that's something that
1: I, I actually talked about to, to a great extent in the interview I pre-recorded yesterday with uh, uh, for the Higher Side chats um uh, here's, here's the thing. These beings have gone to great lengths to prove to us that, A, they created us, that we are their property, the planet belongs to them, they've guided our evolution, blah, blah, blah. Then they're going to come and they're going to say, look who we are. We're your overlords. We've been watching you. We care about you. We're going to keep you from destroying yourselves. We're going to save you from yourself. Do what we say. Right. We are the gods. Yeah, we are up. the gods of old. That's what's going right. on, and that's what a lot of this exactly. stuff is really all about. And unlike a lot of people out there, I, I, I can look at it from all these different perspectives. But ultimately, when you look at what's really going on, all the pieces fall into place. And you know, you it's have something that, that the Bible's call the the, right. the called the Great. Everything, right? You have something called the leaves No aspect unexplained, right? In the Bible, you have something called the Great. Deception of the last days. The great deception, oh, yeah. that the Bible says, is so great that if it were not for the intervention of, of the Creator Himself, that even the elect, in other words, the Christians, would be misled and deceived. <laughs> that's this whole, that's
3: what this is really all about. And exactly in my opinion. Right, my, I'm, I'm okay. just blown away that, that you're thinking you're along the same lines as me. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I mean, all this stuff is real. It's all real. You know? Let me tell but you what the great deception it's the, it's is, the, it's according it's to my belief. Okay. Yeah. According to my belief, the great deception is the rapture. When it comes, Satan and his uh, fallen angels are not going to want you to know it's the rapture because right. if the people who are left behind know exactly what it is, they'll all fall but, down on their knees and start worshiping God immediately. That's right. Well, you, you know, so it, I if I believe my book can... Satan. Yeah. I believe saying that the exact moment of rapture, he doesn't know when it's going to happen, but it, when it does, it's right. ready. And he has his prime. He will fill the skies with UFOs. That's all right. he has to do. I agree. Well, that's one and thing I said in my, well, in, entry in in my book. We're actually blaming the aliens for abducting all our children yes. and our, our, our moms right. and brothers and our dads. And we'll yep. all unite against this. Yep. Extraterrestrial, this, this power extraterrestrial that's threat. threat. That's right. Exactly. That will allow a future. That will will fool even the very elective God. Right. And that's the whole well, thing. We've been promised since the dawn of mankind to believe this myth about these UFO creatures, and this is why. Yeah, well, that's
1: something that I actually said in my book, is that if and when the rapture occurs, which I believe it will, that it will be blamed on an alien abduction. A mass alien abduction. Which, of course, will allow a a world ruler to come and say, okay, now we're going to protect
3: everybody. We're going to protect, yeah, we're
1: going to take care of everybody now. That won't happen again. Whereas this guy that that assumes this mantle of rulership may be the very person that all this genetic stuff has been about all along. Because in order to for a human being to be able to yes, in order for a human being, a seeming human being, in other words, a beast, to be able to contain the essence of Satan himself. There's probably going to have to be some sort of genetic uh, tampering going on for a very long time to get this this vessel ready. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why right. he's called a beast. He
3: looks like a man, but he's not a man. Right, right. Well, we'll know, Jim, Mike, because yeah? this Antichrist will first have to survive a Massive head wound. That's right, a massive kill, head wound. An ordinary man. That's how we're going to
1: know. I'm I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to mention any world leaders, but I will say this: If you see a world leader receive a uh, what should be a fatal head head wound Gunshot and miraculously recover, right, you better have a good it, idea who you're, you're looking in at. It's because the days of tribulation, exactly. Right. When, when this when this man recovers from his wound, you will know for a fact. That that is the Antichrist. Because it will be a miraculous recovery. And he will be. It will be held up you know, before the whole world as a marvel. And he's favored. And God loves him and all this kind of stuff. When actually at the moment of his death, that's when he becomes fully possessed.
2: Right. all right uh, guys let's uh, let's what hold on let's uh, no, gentlemen no. let's let's hold on to that thought for a minute uh, we need to uh, uh, go to our break we're a little bit uh, past our time so let's get that out of the way and then we'll come back and uh, continue our conversation uh, so i'm tim Schwartz. you are listening to the outer edge radio on the psn radio network please stay tuned for
3: more we'll be right back i would like to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel you lousy corksuckers, you have violated my Fargan rights. This samanambaching country was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me could not be taken away by a bunch of Fargan ice holes like yourselves. Thank you. Very much. <laughs>
1: Driving has a rhythm all its own. Don't wreck it with a text. Before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the
2: National Highway Traffic Safety Administration.
3: Green light. Hey girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street. Girl in street!
1: <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the Rex. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic
2: Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
0: So, Jacqueline. Yes, Mom? I wanted to talk to you about something and... Oh, wait. Hold on. I just got a text. Oh, there's another one. Wow.
3: Busy, busy me. So, anyway... Oh, wait, Mom. I just got a message. My friends keep commenting on my comment. Oh, there's another one. So many comments on my comment. Oh, I can't wait to watch TV tonight. Layoffs.
0: Hey guys, check out my new video game. Pew, pew. Wait, wait, mom, what? What? What did
1: you
2: say? Wait a second. Plug? This weekend, unplug. Take your family to the forest. There's nothing in the world like experiencing nature firsthand. Trees, paths, bluebirds, streams. Getting closer to nature can get you closer to your family. To find the forest nearest you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ag Council.
3: Free stuff for you just for listening to this station.
0: Yeah, we got your attention? Here's how it works. You click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the New Players App Store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio Loyalty. Click the banner to join now. You're listening to The Outer Edge Radio with William Michael Mott and Tim Schwartz, only on PSN Radio. It is about the implementation of the Mark of the Beast, I spoke to you about that I think two weeks ago. We address Revelation chapter 13, verses 16, 17, and 18. And because of all, both small and great, rich, and poor, free, and bond, to receive a mark in their right hands, or in their foreheads that no man might buy or
1: sell, say, he had the mark or the name, or the number of the beast. Here is now. And welcome back to The Outer Edge. I'm Mike Mott here with Tim Schwartz and our very special guest, Bart Nunnally. And Bart, we were... Well, before the break, we were talking about the various connections between these these phenomena and uh, the biblical perspective and, and uh, demonology and things like this and in your book the in-, in humanoids, you talk a lot about how these things seem to come into our reality and they almost seem like they 're constructed to to uh, to blow our minds, to scare us, to terrify us. Do you think that some of these things are designed to kind of m- to milk us of our emotions, to live off of our fear or to undermine our faith in, in, in our creator? Or what exactly do you think is going on with these things?
3: Well, I think uh, each of these humanoid uh, entities are constructed by uh, the diabolic uh, forces to generate a certain Specific belief or mindset in the, in the witnesses. In the case of, uh, Bigfoot, as I said, I, I believe it's uh, to, uh, make you believe in, that the missing link is really there. You know, there's a half man, there's a half ape, there's proof that we are, uh, you know, evolved from monkeys, which uh, I, I really don't believe that at all. But, and the, the UFOs are, uh, they're generated and they take that minute manifest that form to uh, just believe that the, the universe is uh, peopled by super-advanced beings that will save us from our own self-destructive uh, tendencies. And as far as ghosts, uh, there's another uh, parallel between ghosts and, and everything that, that we've been talking about and discussing. I believe the ghosts uh, are... Dare to make us believe that when we die, uh, it's not over. You know, we can still stay here. We can still be around our our loved ones, our friends, our family, you know, we don't have to go anywhere. So that that belies the the Bible, uh when it it tells us that when we die we that's our chance are we are done. We have no more chances. You know, we can't interact with anything or anyone. Right. God wakes us back up. But ghosts are telling us, No, that's not that's not true. You know, here's right. man, Martha. She's still here. She's right. My grandpa. You know, he's talking to me. You know. Well, so, well, you uh, know, one I, I thing, one thing
1: about each. that. There's evidence for that because whether it's the Ouija board, which has something that will start out saying it's, it's a little girl or whatever, and before you know it, you've got a full rich, yeah. a full, a full-fledged demonic manifestation going on, and exactly. then there are clues that indicate, or it will even tell you, it's the same entity. You know, or, or even with some ghost encounters it starts out as a seemingly harmless spirit that looks like somebody they know or a child or something and again before you know it you've got this huge entity you know doing horrible things in the home and it's the same entity so i think right. that
3: there's a lot to this to what you're saying yeah well, well it's, you know it's i live this this life and i never chose to be involved in any unexplained phenomena. You know, Mike, I I really just wanted to be a comic book artist. That's all I really wanted to be, but life had different plans for me, and here I am. You know, I've had all these experiences. I've seen all these unexplained things and creatures, and and it's really the ones that I I couldn't see that scared me the most, you know, and like that thing that crawled into bed with me. I I couldn't open my eyes, you know, and, and even if I could, I wouldn't have done it because I didn't want to see what it looked like. I could feel the bed, Uh the mattress sinking down beside me as it crawled in the bed and laid down right beside me. And I tell you, I've never been that terrified, I would not wish that experience of my worst enemy. But the only thing that saved me was, in my opinion, was me praying and asking God to save me and not to let this demonic force kill me because that's what I was there to do. I was there to kill me and keep me from saying anything else like what I was saying, uh, which was the truth, to anyone else. You know, didn't let me talking like that, and it, it let me know immediately. I knew it was there to silence me, but or or, or to scare you into silence. You see, well, I, to... I felt, Mike, that it was there to kill me, and if God oh, was yeah. there, it would have yeah. would have killed me for sure. And yeah. uh, and it would come there a couple weeks before. You know, and we lived in haunted houses. I've never been bothered by by spirits until till then. Uh, a couple weeks before that, I was alone in the house, and I was sleeping on the couch. And something woke me up pulling on the covers. And not just, you know, gentle Tug, this, whatever it was, had grabbed the cover. And it was yanking for all it was worth. And I was holding on to that cover. And I just kept my eyes closed. You know, I, I, again, I did not want to see this thing. Right. Because I knew what it was. But after it seemed like forever. But it was only about a minute or, or two that it, it pulled on the cover like that. And then finally let go. And as soon as it let go, I jumped up from the couch and ran outside. And I stood in the yard for a while, you know, and uh, I sat on the porch for a while, and I tried, it was, of course, the first time that, that this had happened. Uh, I tried to tell myself that it was sleep paralysis, you know, that it somehow wasn't real. That's the only way that I could get myself to go back in the house. Even though I knew in my heart that it wasn't, I've never been right home to anything like that you know i've had a right. lot of scary things happen to me in my life and i've seen a lot and i've heard a lot and i right. never never had sleep paralysis but it's the only way that i could get myself to you know not think about so much and going back into the house and then you know try to get some rest but well you know during the break we we're, were talking we about that me.
1: yeah we were talking in the yeah. break about that and i i I'll take it a step further, but I'll first I say what we, were, what we were saying, what I was saying to you is, is that I've had my share of strange experiences, but I don't talk about them or write about them because I have to be objective, or, or you know, people. I don't want people saying I'm not objective, and I am object, objective. But that being said, I'm not scared of any of these things, and the reason is because if they're physical, I will do my best to kill them, and I won't go to jail for killing something like that. Okay, especially yes. if it's aggressive if they 're not physical, I will make them leave for the very reasons that you and I talked about because I know who 's got the authority from in the realm that they that they that they dwell in okay I will make them leave
3: I believe that these That's things why, Mike i haven 't seen Bigfoot in seventeen years because I finally found the truth and the answer and yeah now I put my uh, my faith in God to protect me and I, you yeah. know... I know well, that they can't bother me unless he... Well, here, here's allows the thing. To or the, He's proven that he won't do that. These entities,
1: including the ones that are totally uh unseen, they, in my opinion, they, they feed off of human fear. And if you look at it from a biblical perspective, fear and faith are opposites. They're absolutely opposite. You can The Bible says that you cannot have fear and have faith at the same time. So when they generate fear... The the human brain is actually an electromagnetic field generator. That's a fact. Every human brain, you carry around an electromagnetic field with you everywhere you go, your body and then your brain in particular. It generates a powerful electromagnetic field. And when you are terrified or in a state of rage, those two states generate the strongest fear, terror. the strongest field, terror and rage. The brain absolutely spikes off the charts when you're terrified out of your wits. So if these are entities that draw strength or can feed in some way off of that type of energy, then they're going to want to keep people terrified and scared and fascinated. You know? Sure. And that's why when I see these, these ghost hunting shows, or these people that are supposed to go on ghost hunts for fun and all this stuff, and they're constantly getting one little scare after another, one little fright, one little titillation after another, and their little fear meter spikes up in their brain, are they feeding something? Are
2: they going in there and just making something stronger and stronger and stronger? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, well, especially the ones that, uh, uh, what to provoke, you know, like, yeah. oh, you know, it's, it's, it's better to, 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 get this kind of paranormal activity if we're, you know, like calling the, uh, spirits bad names and, you know, just daring them to appear. He's like, that's, yeah. uh, that's pretty stupid in my opinion. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> agree. Foolish. Well, it's giving, yeah, it's giving, it's giving them attention. That. You know, what, what is, here's, here's a question, guys. What is worship in its truest sense if it's not, Undivided attention. Right. So when people become obsessed with this stuff and they give it all their attention, are they actually
3: worshiping this stuff? Well, that's a good question because, you know, I, I ran into that not too long ago in regards to the Patterson Gimlin film. And, you know, personally, myself, I believe the evidence is so highly stacked against that as being an authentic film of a Bigfoot creature. I believe it's fake. Uh, I actually do. But it's drawn millions upon millions upon millions of people into this subject. And they, they want to believe so bad that these Bigfoot creatures are their, you know, very forest friends, you know, and they, 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 they're they not going to hurt you. They want to help you. But they're really not. They're not our friends. You know, they're, they're up to uh, some pretty crud- nefarious, you know, activities and it's just you know I, I, I just I don't believe that the film is genuine at all. But it has served its purpose of drawing millions and millions of people into uh, an interest in the subject. And if you claim that the person giving the film is fake, then you're somehow uh, a heretic of the Bigfoot community. Even though I've I've had my own sightings and experiences long before I ever saw that at uh, frame three fifty two. You know, I know that the the Bigfoot phenomenon is real. I don't need yeah. that uh to, to believe what what's going on. But to be flesh and blood uh advocates it's the whole it's the holy grail of Bigfoot evidence. And uh yeah. you know yeah. I, I just don't agree with that and so it's, it's like a religion. If you if you speak out against that one piece of evidence yeah. and you're creating some kind of blasphemy, Bigfoot blasphemy. Well, think, you know, think about Roger this. Roger Patterson was a well-known and documented con man, liar, and thief. Yep, he was, actually. He was. He was. Think about this. You know, he was about this. with Ray, Ray Wallace, the guy who faked all those footprints in California. You know, and first of all, I have to say, if I seen a footprint like the kind of Ray Wallace was manufacturing, I would yeah. laugh and take my yeah. foot and just scrub it away because I know it was fake, and, I, and but he fooled millions of people, and he was good friends with Roger Patterson. Right, And so I think Bob Gimlin knows, he has to know that it's uh, it's fake. And I, I'm looking for a deathbed confession from Bob Gimlin if he is a Christian. Like I hear if that he, he is. is. Yeah. If he is. I've heard of it, well, I don't know, I've spoken to him. But he, I do believe if he is a Christian man, he will confess the whole thing before he dies because he can't serve God and mammon both right. me and money. Right, so we'll so, much so much money, you know. Well, then so I well, well, that must so be, much- be. Well, I, I'm definitely not serving mammon then. <laughs> <Right>. Me neither. <laughs> you know, my car is 17 years old, Mike. You <laughs> uh, don't have. You don't make money in this field.
1: Uh-uh. You know, hey, l- listen, I though, so. you said something interesting, Bart, because you were talking about how you said something about Bigfoot. Belief, and the the field itself being like a religion. Look, ufology yeah. is a religion. Ancient aliens exactly. is a religion. Bigfoot, Sasquatch, hairy humanoid, hardcore fans—they they have a religion. You can't tell me that these belief systems are not a type of religion because they have all the hallmarks of any other religion, and they even have heresies, sure. heretics, uh, blasphemies—you know, unforgivable like sins. Yeah, that's-
3: yeah yeah <laughs> like me you know i don't care i'm from kentucky mike i don't care what anybody thinks of me yeah i'm not here to make I mean, money where you i'm here from to promote this
1: or hey i'm in sure. mississippi man you know we we, we were the yeah. richest state the union before the before the civil war and they went out of their way to make sure we we became the poorest state and we stayed there so they made an yeah. example out of us so i really
3: don't give a damn so that's right well i'm not here mike to promote uh, a website. I don't even have a website. I'm not here to sell books. I'm not here to sell DVDs. I'm here yeah. to tell the truth. And right. the truth is the only thing I have to offer this community, uh, the Bigfoot community, and they don't they don't want to hear it. You know, um, I've been branded a, a heretic or a maverick or a fringe researcher. You know, all the yeah. terrible, terrible terms that they use to describe people who are just trying to tell the truth and get to the bottom of a, a yeah. real mystery. You know, I, we didn't. We did not
1: plan for this conversation to go in this direction, did we? We had no previous no, plan. No, to Talk about. I'm this, completely the, amazed that it happened because no one else and and wants. There to are reasons for these things, and I'm, I'm going to tell you something here. This is what I think, and this is for the record, as our show will be archived forever, hopefully. <laughs> here, here, here's what I think. I believe that the reason that everyone in every field of endeavor thinks that they will only be taken seriously if they deny a biblical perspective, the fact that there is a creator God, the fact that Jesus Christ is his son, and that all this stuff is real. Yes. The reason, though, that they do this, ultimately, and let me tell you a story about the reason why. I guess after I wrote the first edition of Caver's Callers and Concealed Creatures, I got a lot of emails and a lot of actual physical letters from people. And I got an email one day from a lady who was terrified. And she said, you know, I'm, I, I read your book and I was amazed. You know, she said, I've been going through this. This has happened to me. You know, she said, and she, took, she proceeded to tell me how she was living in fear and terror because these entities were coming to her in the dark. Or when she was asleep and they were holding her down and they were invisible and little ones would hold her down and a big one would rape her. And she was oh, terrified and just, you know, uh, I mm. can't sleep. I can't eat. What can I do? Mm. And I, and I, I wrote her back and I said, well, you know, I said, before I can even begin to attempt to help you figure out what's going on, I said, tell me something about yourself. I said, tell me what you do for, for a, for a living, what you what your religion is, what your habits are, what your lifestyle. So she writes me back. Now, here we go. I'm going to piss off a lot of people, and you know what? That's too bad because this is the truth. This is what the woman wrote, and this is leading to my point. She wrote me back, and she said, well, I'm a white witch. I talk to spirits, and I... Tell fortunes, and I do tarot cards, and I do divination, and I worship Mother Earth, and nature spirits, and this and that, and this and that. And I'm in, I'm in perfect communion with all these these things. I, these things shouldn't be happening to me. And I wrote her back, and I said, well, there's your problem. I said, you spend your entire life and your, your mindset attempting to contact unhuman beings. You're trying with everything of your being to contact non-human intelligences and they're responding to you they're just not what you think they're going to be because in their world if you don't have the protection of god you're just another morsel You're just something else That's that they right. can use up manipulate and destroy and i said if you really want this to stop you have to give up everything you told me that you do all this stuff, all this occult activity, you have to give it up. You have to repent of it and say, I'm not going to do it again and mean it. And you have to give your soul to Christ, Jesus Christ, the name above all names. And seriously, I told her how to go about doing it. Cleanse her house. You know, cleanse her life. Get right with God. You know, because if you have His protection, things like this will stop. It will not be able to touch you again. And that's a fact, okay? That is a fact she mm-hmm. writes me yep. back yep. an email, she goes from being misterrified terrified to, screw you, who are you to judge me? How dare you tell me how to live my life? I'm special. I'm being chosen for this. I said, okay, fine, lady. I said, you wrote to me. You wanted to know what was going on and why you were having these experiences and how to make them stop. I told you goodbye. And see, that's what it boils down to, whether it's ufology, Strange creatures, cryptozoology, whatever it is. They don't want to talk about the 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 God aspect of any of this because what it means is if I admit that that is true, that that is real and that is part of this, then that means I have to accept that there is a God, that Jesus Christ is his son, that I am in trouble. I will have to change my life. I will have to give up certain things and admit I was wrong. My ego will get damaged. People will laugh at me and make fun of me for saying I believe in God. And on and on and on. So some of these people would rather be deceived and not know this. And others would rather suffer than, than admit that th- there's a God. i got news for those people. Whether you believe it or not... And whether you accept it or not, there is, a, there is a God, and he is your boss. And he will judge you, whether you like it or not. Right. And saying that he's not real is right. not going to change that. That's just my rant.
3: So, there you go. That's right. Well, that's, that's good, Mike, because, you know, in my own opinion, everyone will believe in God someday. Oh, yeah. Everyone will know someday. And they'll, you know, they'll, they'll wish they hadn't been so narrow-minded, you know, against people like you and I and you know we we just want the truth man we, you know we're not trying to make money we're not trying to you know get our faces on on a reality tv show I don't care about any yeah. of that yeah. all I all, all I want to do is tell the truth and tell what's happened to me and tell my interpretation of it and they can take it for what for what it is or they can leave it you know whatever they want to do but i think it's my my duty uh, since I've been given all these experiences, you know, there's nothing special about me, Mike. I'm not psychic. You know, everybody says, oh, you have a gift, you know. Hmm. You have uh, experienced more unexplained phenomena than anyone in the world. I don't know if that's true or not, but if it is, it's it's not because I'm special or that I'm psychic. Uh, it's, I was put through the, the experiences that I, I've been put through, and I believe it's to tell people and to be honest to be truthful and... Once ones right. that believe me, those are the ones that I, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll obviously help because I've helped a lot of people just like you. I've had a lot of people come to me and say, look, I, I'm in a situation with, with Bigfoot and it started out great. You know, I killed this deer and I couldn't find it. And Bigfoot laid it on the trail for me and he was acting all friendly. And all of a sudden, he's wanting to kill me and my family a few months later. he's, nearly yeah. screaming at me to come out of my house so he can tear me to pieces. while well, I do, Bart. And just like you, Mike, I tell them what they have to do. And it's, it's people like that who, who are really needing the help that that we really do help, and it makes all all the negativity that we have to endure, it makes right. it all worth it. Well, when now I help, when I that's that lady that's an. The, the, uh, I just wanted to yeah, say now that's that's that an interesting the, story. Uh, helicopter. Yeah, I helped. I felt really good, even though I had to go through the scariest moments of my life. She walked away and knew the truth, and. You know, I, yep. I felt that that i had done something some actual, some actual good in, in the Bigfoot community. Well, that's you know, that's why you were
1: that's there. why you were assaulted. You were assaulted because you undermined an agenda that was going on in her life.
3: Right, and, and just yeah. before that, a month before that, Mike, I started talking to her, and we about the friendship, and I, you know, I started talking to her about this stuff, and you know, I had three really perfect teeth, just go bad. Yeah. It was some of the worst yeah. pain that I ever had in my life. And I believe it was yeah. because of, of what I was saying. But Dennis had to pull my teeth, and there was not a cavity in them. There was nothing wrong with them, but it was causing me such pain. I'm telling you, I would have and, sawed and, through my sawed my left arm off. If understand I understand something, of uh, something else,
1: too. Something else, too, Bart. It, the, this is something that Tim knows I talk about a lot the, the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. And Heisenberg noticed that. Observed particles behave as if they know they're observed. When they're not observed, the experiment runs differently and, they, and the result is different. You come back in with an expectation of what your theory says will happen, and it will happen. This is on the quantum level. Well, everything is made out of those particles, everything. So people might scoff about, oh, Bigfoot turned into a log and blah, blah, blah. If you're dealing with something that is actually originating on the quantum level, what's normally called the spirit world in old parlance, then who's to say that they cannot manipulate matter on that level?
3: Sure. They, these things can appear to us as anything they wish, according to Scripture. They can yeah, appear to right. us as a light in the sky, Mike, as a yeah. hairy humanoid, as a tree, as a UFO, you know, as a yeah. as a dog. Whatever they choose, whatever form they choose, even an angel of God. Well, that's what they the Bible says, it. isn't it? Hold Jesus on, said, for exactly the devil... The
1: devil can himself can appear even as an angel of light. He can appear as anything. Right.
3: Anything, anything yeah. they choose. And it's, they choose what is best suited to you to change your mindset and, and shift your paradigms into uh, the wrong way of, of looking at things. And the well, for those out there who
1: don't want to believe this stuff because they don't want to, because that's what it really boils down to, all I'll say is this. If you don't believe in in a creator God and in Jesus as the Logos, the Word, the, the the initiating force of creation, and this type of thing. But then you say that you believe that everything's made of atoms. Have you ever seen an atom? Have you it ever seen an relates. electromagnetic field? You might see the evidence of them, but you've never seen one. Well, that's the way it is with God. You see the evidence of the creation and the evidence of of the mysteries that underlie the order of everything. There's your evidence. It's no different than evidence for anything else. It's there. It's real. Sure. But anyway, Tim. Tim was going to say something about the fascinating aspect of your story about this Bigfoot trying to call somebody out so he could kill him.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I just, uh, I just wanted to uh, uh, to know more about that story. That now see, that's something that uh, you haven't heard uh, very often. in A lot of these reports of sure. uh, you know well. somebody allegedly making making friends with the Bigfoot, and then the next thing you know, they turn on him. So, I mean, can you uh, give us a little bit more right. detail
3: about that? Sure, I sure can, Tim. This was a man who lived in upstate New York, and after all this happened, he went on to uh, run for uh, a public office and won. And imagine what everyone would think if they knew, you know, the experiences that this guy had been through. But he had, like I say, he had, he had shot a deer on his property and couldn't, couldn't find a blood trail. And he wandered around for several hours, that's how it all began and uh he finally given up and these one of these creatures had come and had laid the deer right across his path back home and offered themselves basically to him in a very friendly manner, starting out. And so you know, we were we were talking and he was telling me this this how friendly they are and you know, what they're doing, and they're allowing him to, to see them with his own eyes and, you know, interact with them and stuff. And I'm, I'm telling him, hey, look, don't trust these things. They're not what they claim to be. Of course he didn't believe me because all the evidence to him was pointing that they were friendly. They really were the friendly force friends, you know, and, and they were just there to help him. But eventually months months passed, and uh I told him, I said, soon. You'll, you'll see them for what they truly are, and they'll soon reveal themselves to you uh, in their true nature. And sure enough, you know, he found an old medicine wheel on his property, his old Indian medicine wheel, and they seemed to kind of around that, you know, and you could see them up there and everything. And then he started talking to me, and I started swaying his belief, uh, I, you know, I'm trying to lead him down the right path. And these creatures didn't like that a poor river boy from kentucky was talking about them you know and telling this man the things i was telling him and then they started turning against me and he came home one winter day he had never told his wife about any of this because he didn't want to stare. And there was a big arrow pointing drawn in the snow pointing to his uh living room bay window it's two huge footprints right there like this thing had been standing and looking in his window and he would of course he went out there and scratched it all away before his wife got home, you know, and, and called me. And, uh, it basically ended up, uh, that they, they did, after a few months of, uh, niceties, little niceties that they were, they were showing, they did reveal their true selves to him because they were so mad that he was doubting them because of my words that I was telling him that they wanted to kill him. And he said, "He thank God that his wife wasn't home one night. If he could hear these things, he was there alone, and he could hear these things screaming at him inside his head. And they said, come out. Come out of your house. Come out in the yard. Come out to us. And he said, Lord, I knew. I just knew from the sound that I could hear uh, that they wanted to kill me. I looked out there, and there they were, and their faces were totally evil. They, they didn't even look like they did at first. Their faces had changed, and they wanted to kill me he said, I'd fell down on my knees right then, just like you told me to do, if anything like that ever happened, and started praying to God that he would deliver me from this hell that I intentionally put myself in by trusting these inhumanoid creatures. And luckily, uh, God came through for this man, and uh, they they eventually went off and left him alone. Uh, But like like me and my family back in 1975, he had to move away from the property Hmm. uh, to finally get rid of it and get away from the creatures altogether but he, he I, I remember what it was yesterday he saved his emails and they from 10 years ago and you know thanking me for uh for giving him the advice that would eventually save his life and i see all these people i have hundreds of friends you know and they're they're habituating these these creatures and you know always tell them, you know, you're making a grave mistake if you trust in these things and thinking that they're your friends because they're really not, and sooner or later you will you will see, they will reveal what they truly are, and they always do. And all these situation uh, scenarios that I've ever been involved with or the people that I'm involved with them, they've all ended badly.
2: Now well, that's uh, that's pretty fascinating because I mean I've heard you know so many similar stories all across the, you know, the 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 paranormal spectrum you know especially when you deal with people who have been trying to contact entities you know say like uh, like uh, Ouija boards or automatic writing or, or yeah. things like that you know it, it it the scenario seems to be always the same I mean you know it first starts out you know a friendly. And you know, offering a sage advice, you know, helpful prophecies, and sure. then it just—it just slowly becomes more and more menacing, and until right. these people are, they, they they fear that they're actually
3: having a mental breakdown. Right. Well, they fear for their lives. They fear that they're going to be killed. Right. But, you know, well, you know that they're going to be killed, but
1: they're both pretty bad. I'm going to say something else here. For some of these people that get involved with these various entities, and I don't just mean Bigfoot-type entities. I mean all the gamut of non-human creatures, um, mysterious beings of all types, um, spiritual things which are obviously paranormal entities. I would say that most people need to take a step back and they need to think about this. These entities all have an agenda. And that agenda could very well be soul death for you. Sure. By soul death, yeah, I mean yeah, that it. you don't you don't end up going where you're supposed to go. Instead, you get right. sucked into some kind of bondage to them in this life and the next. I just say be very, very careful of having any dealings with these types of entities, other than to observe them enough to say, you know, to see what's really going on, and and spread right. and spread the the information.
3: Exactly. Their their agenda is simply to mislead us into false belief systems that will endanger our our souls. It's, it's very simple. If, if if you know they can't obviously kill everybody, but if they can fool everybody into believing you know the wrong thing, then that's just as good as killing them because you know they're, they're if, yeah. if they believe wrong and they put their faith in, in things like that, then their their moral soul is in danger. Well, yeah, I mean, this life, as long as
1: it might seem, is a very short time. And eternity is a
2: long, long time. Mm-hmm. Okay, gentlemen, unfortunately... I believe that. Guys, unfortunately, we are out of time here. We have just enough, enough time left, Bart. for... Uh, why don't you tell our audience uh, the titles of your books and
3: uh, where they might be able to get a hold of their own copies. Well, I'm going to say, Tim, as you... Go to Amazon.com and uh, put my name in the search bar and find my books. So if you want to buy them, that's great. If not, just listen to what the words I say right now, and you can get the same uh, effect. And I also want to say that this has been the best radio show ever that I've ever done. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs>
2: Thank you, buddy.
1: We appreciate it. We really appreciate you coming on. and We need to have you back sometime to talk about some more of your, my pleasure. Uh, your, your various uh, cases that you've studied. For oh, sure. right. so, well
3: at, for hours and hours. Yeah, you need a longer yep. show, Mike and Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we appreciate
2: it, Bart. We and we really do hope that we can get get you back on again really soon to continue this conversation.
3: Yeah, that would be great. That would be really great. Well, yeah. man, you have a good have a good week. All right, you do the same. God bless both of you.
2: All, All right, life. thanks, Bart. All, All right, right, guys. Well, that uh, that wraps it up for uh, another exciting uh, edition of The Outer Edge. I'm Tim Schwartz with Mike Motz. Uh, you are listening to The Outer Edge on the PSN Radio Network. Please, please tune in again this time next week where we'll have another fascinating guest. So thanks again for listening. Good night until next time.